Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Rodcast. This week, we are once again continuing our series where we are introducing you to every one of our fantastic instructors. And this week, we are joined by one of our amazing guitarists. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Ivan Duran Aguayo. Mm -hmm. And Ivan, is he's been working with us for a while. He's fantastic. <coughs> um, he's your teacher. You'll know he's great. And yeah, I'm excited to get to know you today, Ivan. Yeah, I'm excited to get started. Yeah, it's going to be like, fun. I like the name, Rodcast. The Rodcast, yes. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I would love to claim credit, but I think that was a Rodman decision. That was decision. a Rodman decision. I think that was a Rodman decision. Yeah, sure. But, but yeah, let's start with the basics. What is, you, what is your job here at the studio? What do you do? Um, my job is to, on a very fundamental level, teach music to students. Mm -hmm. But if we were getting to, I'm, I'm sure we're getting into the nitty gritty of it, mm -hmm. is... Um, <laughs> Teaching guitar specifically, yes. and, and if I have any bass students, then I would also be doing bass. Although I think Rodman takes care of most of that. Yes, yeah. and we have a we have another bass instructor too. Hmm. So oh okay, yes. so then guitar primarily. Guitar is my, mostly. It's my focus. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you're one of our guitar instructors, mm -hmm. and you teach mostly electric, mostly acoustic, or is it kind of all over the board? It's it's really all over the board. Mm -hmm. I I have grown up with a like a huge plethora of influences. I'm mm -hmm. kind of glad I did so I have <coughs> more things to offer to, mm -hmm. to, to my teaching style and like different uh, different influences play into it as well. So my, my main focus for, for studies, at least on a, on a uh, on an institutional level or educational level would be classical guitar. Mm -hmm. um, but I started playing electric guitar listened to a lot of rock, rock and metal bands um, and started reading with tabs like most guitarists mm -hmm. do. And <clears throat> then in high school, I was, it, in middle school, I started playing electric guitar. And then in high school, okay. um, having some experience on it, a, the or orchestra teacher, since I was in band, asked me if I could play some mariachi for him since okay. he was building mariachi. So that's, in, that's what introduced me to the nylon string. So I have experience playing some mariachi music, and my, my family is from Mexico, so they also uh, okay. I also get the the influence from them. All right, well I'm gonna stop bef before you get too far because yeah. I really do want to start <coughs> back at the beginning. So how okay. old were you when you first started playing guitar? Twelve years old. You were twelve. Okay, yes. wow, that's like a little bit later than some of our other instructors started playing like their instrument. Yeah. So <coughs> what was it that drew you to guitar? Because at that age you're probably like picking the instrument, not your parents picking it for right. you. Right. Uh, so it's a very interesting story because the guitar is kind of like the skateboard of instruments where, <laughs> where you, where you just like, just like drums said, a lot of, a lot of the appeal just kind of draws your attention to it. I was, I was it's in a uh, high cool factor. Yeah, it's kind of high cool factor. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but I played a cooler instrument and I said that sarcastically, um, not that it's any worse, but, um, uh, in middle school, <coughs> when I when I jumped in, I, I wanted to play a band instrument, and originally I wanted to play clarinet, mm -hmm. but uh, I missed a parent-teacher meeting, so they assigned me to to play a brass instrument called the euphonium. Mm -hmm. And if you, for those of you that don't know what a euphonium is, it's a half-sized tuba that sounds like a trombone. So uh, throughout my middle school and high school, uh, music understanding and career, at least the formal training, was. Um, euphonium and, and trombone in high school as well uh, for jazz <clears throat> and the guitar wa was of interest to me because uh, me and my brother had the video game Guitar Hero mm -hmm. so yes. I played so much Guitar Hero yeah. in high school it, it, it definitely created a lot of appeal for me to, mm -hmm. to play the guitar and coming from a, I guess a group of musicians it was it was just much more natural for me to kind of 
kind of draw my draw my attention to that. But one day, my I think it was my my mom that asked me while while we were playing the game, like instead of just instead of playing the game, why don't you play a national guitar? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. So we we went ahead and got it, got ourselves a we got me a Christmas present guitar. That's awesome. It's a very crappy one, but it was one to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, this it's pretty much just kind of been history since since that point. Okay. So, but yeah. at a certain point, you must have stopped playing euphonium, unless you still play euphonium. Well, I would, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have my own personal instrument okay. out of out of out of high school and so that that just kind of stopped my playing it was interesting mm-hmm. because I wanted to focus my career on euphonium mm-hmm. um, but the fact that I didn't have an instrument made it difficult to, yes. to to continue that however a the guitar has a has a very has a much lower entry point in terms of b- a budget range mm, so yes. you could afford like a cheap nylon string and, and still have um, still have a lot of training or practice on that or a cheap electric guitar and, and so on and so forth um, <clears throat> and for a while, I was kind of just sitting, wondering what I was going to do for for the rest of my life if I even wanted to continue music. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of stuck with the guitar as a hobby, and it slowly developed into something that I prefer doing, just because I enjoy the ability to do polyphony or multiple mm-hmm. multiple voices. Mm-hmm. It's one thing that was difficult to do on a horn. Yeah, you really only get to play really, one one. Not really possible. Time. I yeah, mean, it's possible. It's possible, but it's not as easy as not with as guitar, easy. right? For sure. <clears throat> so. I, 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 f- I feel like I'm getting the picture. You're 12, you've, you're star- I, you started euphonium at some point close to then. Mm-hmm. You decided to start playing guitar. Yeah. You played guitar kind of for fun on the side while you were playing euphonium in school, mm-hmm. and you really thought that euphonium was gonna be like the music choice. Yeah. And then you graduated from high school, and you didn't have a euphonium anymore, so yeah. it was kind of hard to keep playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, so when you finished high school, what did you decide to major in in college? Because I know you went to SMU. Right. So how did that all come about? It, it it took some period to it it took a time period to adjust to what it was that I wanted to do. Since I didn't have my own instrument and I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily proficient on the guitar, um, I, I I was kind of lost mm-hmm. and, and wondering like, well, is music even a viable choice? Because mm-hmm. like I was planning to go to North Texas, which I did for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't audition into the school of music because I don't have my own yeah. instrument. Yeah. So I was just kind of sitting around and not doing anything. Yeah. And so for some for some time I was thinking, yeah, maybe I'll do like mechanical engineering or something like that and switch majors. Um, and then I ended up going to this community college because North Texas was a bit too expensive for me and my family at the time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it kind of just stayed there and was stagnant for a little while. And it, I guess it took a little longer than most uh, most of the four-year plan mm-hmm. would, yeah. would would expect you to do. But that's that's totally normal now, yeah. honestly. I think I've met fewer people that actually graduated in four years mm-hmm. than I have met people that, like, took longer or shorter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. the idea of, like, oh, college is four years, it's, like, such a – it's such a silly thing now to me. Yeah. Because of someone – it just doesn't work out that way for most people it, anymore. It's, it's possible. So. It's just it's just a, a big workload, especially with the way that the – I guess the market is and the economy is mm-hmm. now. It's just yeah. – it's, it's just a different world. Yeah. yeah. But – after after sitting at, at TCC for a little while, I I started slowly deciding to do music, and then kind of realized that I, maybe I should have taken so long, so I don't feel like I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in my career path. So I, I, was, I told myself, well, I'm doing music and I'm going to stick to it. And mm-hmm. I guess that's when it sort of officially started the four-year program mm-hmm. because, yes. because I took two, two years officially um, uh, as a music student at, at a community college. Um, even though I was there for like three or four years, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the, I guess the last two years was dedicated, mm-hmm. and then I was, and then with that track, I started taking actual guitar lessons, or at least uh, more professional level guitar lessons. Yeah. And that and guitar instructor's name is Mike Morey. He's actually a graduate of SMU, and he's a, actually now a Dallas police officer. Oh wow! So, what a career <laughs> <yeah>. change. <laughs> well, it, it, he he has his, his own long story, but. Long story short, he has like three doctorates. Oh wow! In, in music, yeah, he's a whiz, He's a he's a musical wizard. He's That's awesome. A, like um, very very guitar proficient, very music proficient, and um, prolific composer. Uh, I admire him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Mike if you're if you're watching this, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Mori, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, <clears throat> uh, anyway, so so he has these degrees, and he had, he had a track to 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 become a professor at, at Princeton. Mm, wow. And and so he went, but mm-hmm. this was during the COVID period. Mm-hmm. And, and so like they had to cut the position and now yeah. he's, he had to make ends had to, meet. Had to find another job. Right, but now he's, I mean, he from what he tells me, he's enjoying himself, like just being able to, to support himself financially and enjoy yes. making music without without the pressure of, yeah. of um, trying to make ends meet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Mo- my, Dr. Mori uh, told me about Robert Guthrie, the, um, professor at SMU and he told me about how he saw a lot of himself in me and like how Mm -hmm. how he how best that he thought that I could develop in that respect so that's what sent me to SMU is studying with Robert Guthrie that's awesome and yeah I guess the rest is history yeah so (laughs) how long did you study at SMU then two years so I I did like if you want to call it the official four-year program Mm -hmm. the last two years of my community college were the official like I'm deciding 100% that I'm doing music Mm -hmm. And so I did those two years, uh, and then transferred to SMU for the other two years, and that awesome. kind of set me up for graduation. That so, sounds yeah. fun. So when you <coughs> were at SMU, did you um, major in guitar performance? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you probably played a lot of guitar while you were there. Yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> right. That that professor requires you to do um, recitals every semester. Wow. So you every single semester. Every Was single it semester. an hour every semester? It doesn't have to be. So you have okay. an elective, which is, which can be thirty minutes minimum, okay. and then your. It's funny because I, I I had a completely. Um, different mindset of of what what could have happened because I did a sophomore recital like an exit recital mm-hmm. at my community college and that program was like an hour and a half mm-hmm. worth, oh, of, wow. worth That's of music, a lot of music. Mm-hmm. and so in my brain i'm thinking well okay i have to do a junior and a senior recital those must be two hours two hours longer. and three yeah. hours i'm like that that's a lot of music man but, yeah but really it's about half the time yeah. <laughs> and, and i was like oh that's kind of surprising you did the hard one first i did the hard one first right and I, I even did pretty pretty difficult music too mm-hmm. um that i i didn't fully understand at the time yes but but now i kind of i kind of appreciate that i did just because yeah. I threw myself in that in that uh, position, so the yeah the elective recitals are a half hour, and then the junior one I think has to be forty five, mm-hmm. or thir- thirty to forty five, and then the senior has to be forty five to an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. I was like that's after having like, done an after hour, hour and a half hour recital, and a half, you're yeah. like ah you know it's no problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I know that so you talked about you. Um, are a guitar instructor here at Ramsey Studio, mm-hmm. but you also 
have a lot of performance experience with like gigs and you've played with us for a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Like talk to me a little bit about your performance with like playing gigs for things and how you kind of got into that world. That's a that's a good question. Um, everyone has their, their their own origin story, but mm -hmm. I think one of the, one of the things that inspired me the most, and I'm going to go back to my my old um, community college professor, Dr. Mori, about how he would just he would just ask restaurants or bars, and hey, can I play for you? You don't mm -hmm. have to pay me a thing. I'll just I'll just play off tips, mm -hmm. which essentially is a is a great way to start. And it's always like that terrifying first experience of thinking to yourself that you're not good enough to mm -hmm. perform in a gig. Realistically, people listen to whatever whatever you play for them. Yes. Um, <laughs> So Most audiences are not as mean as we think they right. are. Right. <laughs> I mean, unless you're doing like a serious concert or or a, mm. or a competition, it doesn't matter all that much. And yeah. You, and people are just enjoying what you play. Yeah. Just um, as long as you play some notes rather than rather than just kind of making. Yeah. Making as, as long as it sounds like you're putting some effort. Right. Into right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Some some effort. I think it's a better way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I, so I asked a couple of um, a couple of friends uh, who worked at restaurants. And their and their managers, if I could play, and then I had a chance to, to play in them. It's it's much better than practicing at home because you get to practice in front of people. You get to practice in front of people. And it's for the sake of of being more comfortable around performing mm -hmm. around people, and then potentially getting paid for it. So mm -hmm. why not practice and get paid? Yeah. You know? and yes. if, it, if you don't get paid, then what do you lose? Exactly. That's a good mindset <laughs> right. to have about it. Right. For sure. And that's what he told me, and I was mm -hmm. thinking like that's a good idea. So that's what I did a couple times, and then um. Uh, fa fast forward a little bit. So we played some some other programs, and we, uh, when I say we, I mean um, at, when I was at SMU, I have a couple other friends, Abraham and and Zach, who's another instructor at the studio. Uh, Abraham was a substitute at the studio as well. Um, with another guitarist from the from the guitar program at SMU, we we created this guitar society mm -hmm. the, called the Texas Guitar Society, <coughs> and. What we what we were trying to focus on is being able to create opportunities for for classical guitar to be mm -hmm. able to enter into the perform into the performance world more in a more concertized circuit. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always gigs. Yeah, I'm sure. And like I play some like jazz gigs, jazz gigs, and everything. Um, and but the, the like in in pertinence to to getting the classical guitar instrument out and in, out into the world, there's not a lot of opportunities for for the general like majority of, of guitar classical guitar players mm -hmm. um, we nece we don't necessarily have something to strive for other than trying to play the most perfect and the best mm -hmm. for like a competition yes, or something yes. and and that's challenging I mean not, not everyone gets first it's yeah. impossible for not everyone, everyone to get first is gonna place, be the best right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah so there's there's different priorities there and like if you're I mean if you're a good player then then you you I feel like that needs to be. There um, should be a venue for that. Exactly. To be exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so our our mission is to try to create these opportunities mm -hmm. um, for 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 other guitarists to play as well. Um, we're we're still building that rapport right now. We have deals with the city of Keller. We just closed a deal with the city of South Lake. We we're That's talking so cool. to the city of Fort Worth, and um, I, I'm ahead of the. We'll call it, I'm, I'm, we'll call it the education program, mm -hmm. and what that means is is that I I, I am going to be tasked with <coughs> uh, talking to uh, schools, and I think right now we'll start with charter schools. It might be mm -hmm. a bit a bit less bureaucratic, mm -hmm. but 
but I I would I would talk to the the principal in, in the case of charter schools they'd be called they'd be call, called headmasters or assistant headmasters. Mm-hmm. So I would talk with them and propose with them our program and play a concert for for the for kids in the classroom mm-hmm. rather than them having to go to the concert hall to watch yeah. something. So then they can everybody gets a chance to hear it without right. having and, to. Right, and they have exposure to the classical guitar mm-hmm. and they have exposure to our, our repertoire. And, and it's it's a very like intimate and, and small thing. Yeah. And we can go to their classroom. Yeah. Um, I've already talked with one assistant handmaster who used to substitute at a, at a charter school. And she she loved the idea, mm-hmm. and and the we're still we're still working on that on that project. On the details, we, yeah, <laughs> the details yeah. and the funding because obviously yes, it's, yes. It takes money it's to important. execute these things, right? <laughs> um, but that's that's going to be our, our our next thing there. So we're trying to open as many doors as possible mm-hmm. so that people can come in and and play for us. Um, we we pay we 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 want to make sure that every musician gets paid at least something and mm-hmm. that's a very important thing because yes. we don't none of us I mean we all have to live we have to yes. have to, have to yes. survive and have and to g- have to have a way to keep the lights on right <laughs> right exactly <clears throat> so uh for this year we we've, we've now fully built our schedule um um if if I may plug in the website at <laughs> <laughs> uh, texasguitarsociety.com yeah. we have we have six concerts coming up once a month um, up until November, and then we have these virtual talks where where guitarists come in and talk about um, what they contribute to to the guitar community mm-hmm. in, Texas, in Texas or wherever. We've talked with um, some big names like Pepe Romero Jr. and Pepe Romero, um, and we have this other uh, potential uh, guitarist, professional guitarist coming in named Elliot Fisk. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we've had guitar luthiers come in and talk about their guitar building so process. That's so much fun. That's so cool. Yeah, and we've had like we've had an investor. This is not a guitarist. It's just in, like an someone investor. that just loves what you're doing. Well, he, he, we we were trying to to create these this informational understanding from from the world to to the musician or at least to the, the guitarist. So we talked to an investor. He came on. He came on board and had a talk about how you can save up as a musician and mm-hmm. retire, mm-hmm. Um, and what like fun, what um, investments you can make in mm-hmm. like four hundred one k, Roth IRA, things mm-hmm. like that, uh, retirement funds basically. And then we also had an insurance agent come on, come on and talk about how you can insure your instrument, how you can insure mm. your body in case yeah. something happens and you can't play your instrument anymore. Yeah. Well, that's something I think a lot of people don't think about. Mm-hmm. And with an instrument <coughs> like guitar. I can see that being like really important because if with a guitar you're taking it everywhere, yeah. you know, maybe sometimes other people are handling it and they might not handle it very gently right. and it can easily get broken That's, and then it's like It's funny you say that because uh, <laughs> a- Abraham sent his guitar to Mexico mm-hmm. to get it retopped uh, from the luthier that he bought it from. Mm-hmm. And he, it was sent back through UPS, and UPS did not take good care of it, <laughs> and it just had a big old split on the side. Oh, no. So, yeah, that, that is a very important thing to know. It's like you don't – it's – it's it <clears throat> I guess, like, long story short, better to be safe than, safe than sorry than say, in that Yeah, respect. well, and yeah. that's – I mean, like, to me, that's, like, something totally – obviously, as a pianist – if I had a really nice piano, I would want to have it insured, you know, yeah. in case my house was flooded or something. Because pianos, if you have a nice one, they can be really, really expensive. Sure. Like sure. pianos can be the most expensive instrument other than like an organ. But I also don't have to take mine anywhere, mm-hmm. right? If yeah. I have a really nice one, I can leave it in my living room and like tell people not to touch it when they're there and that yeah. kind of thing. But you know, if I'm 
playing on someone else's piano, I don't have to worry about it. If I'm going to play somewhere, I don't have to think about that kind of thing. Like, mm. how am I going to get my instrument there? How am I going to make sure that no one breaks it? That kind of thing. But with guitar, like, that's got to be something that you're always thinking about if mm. you're traveling with it or doing anything. Yeah. Because you've always got to take it with you. For sure. So. For sure, yeah. So we had, we've had that insurance agent come and mm -hmm. talk to us about how, how it is that you can you can ensure that there there's mm -hmm. obviously these um, separate insurance companies that are dedicated to to mm -hmm. musicians yeah. in, instrument property mm -hmm. um, I think she was kind of more, more along the lines of your um, your personal insurance mm -hmm. at least at least your your physical self. Mm -hmm. yeah like so in case something like you get a finger chopped off on mm -hmm. on accident you can't play you can't your play anymore. Your, yeah or at least not the same you could before yeah and so that that costs that costs you like as as a as that costs your career yes. a great deal so yes. having the insurance to be able to to reco recover that is is very helpful mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what, yeah. what what she had but what and a practical what a practical talk for the audience yeah, yeah yeah exactly and and all of our videos are up on youtube and mm -hmm. and they're free you can watch them at any time um and that we have like some some great great guitars performing uh coming soon these concerts and uh, let's see who else. We had commu community builders, uh, guitar community builders talk. Composers came on and talk. My my old professor, <laughs> Dr. Mori, mm -hmm. came on talk. Came on, yeah. on to talk with us. We've had a um, another professor from my community college named Jan Reberg. Mm -hmm. um, he he like puts himself in everything. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean what I mean by that is is if there's a gig that he's available for, he'll go for it and mm -hmm. and, and do his best. And so um, he has like. Uh, you would assume that a man, a person like that, would have a really good gig repertory. So mm -hmm. we had him come on board and talk about what you can do at a gig and mm -hmm. how how it kind of works. It's for those people that haven't done gigs mm -hmm. and are mostly used to just concerts, mm -hmm. right? Um, so this, we're just creating these uh, like like flow of information just to, yeah. just to get, be able well, to creating a society exactly where you have resources, you have performances, exactly, you have talks. Yeah. It's all creating the community like right. what you described. Ultimately, we're we're just trying to build that super network for mm -hmm. for everyone. Yes. So, in case someone needs a gig in Austin, say, "Hey, come over here to Austin, or come mm -hmm. to Fort Worth, come yeah. to Dallas," that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That that's super cool. The Texas Guitar Society is really cool, and we're glad you have time for us yeah. <laughs> with all the stuff that you do with oh, yeah. Texas Guitar Society. So, with Rodman Seal, obviously, you have some student you have some students with us. You mm -hmm. play some with us, um, and you know you have your finger in a bunch of different things mm -hmm. with. Texas Guitar Society and then other stuff that you do as well. Right. So um, here's kind of an, an, a fun question that mm -hmm. I've asked everyone. As a musician, you know, and t like we've been talking about, you got to have a way to keep the lights on. Yeah. We, getting paid as a musician is sometimes not that simple, especially if you really want to do a lot of performances. So most people I've met that have ended up in a spot where they're pretty experienced as a musician, they've had at least one or two like really weird jobs that they've had to have, mm -hmm. either music or outside of music. So <laughs> what's a job you've had that you can think of that was kind of a, a funny thing that you had to do in order to... Uh, keep the lights on while you were working good question hmm. good question um well I, I was fortunate enough to not require uh not require a job at at the moment at least not as much i did want to want to make my own money and start saving up mm -hmm. um so i live with my parents mm -hmm. uh, so that that helped me financially mm -hmm. financially a lot i don't i i since moved out like a year ago two years ago mm -hmm. 
um, <clears throat> and and started living on my own. But I, ha I had already been fortunate enough to to be in a stable position to be able to mm -hmm. do that. Nice. So, uh, I, otherwise though, uh, I I guess like the I've worked I've worked many jobs. As soon as I graduated high school, I didn't know where I was going because I didn't audition into the school of music in mm -hmm. North Texas, yep. and didn't decide last minute that I was going to North Texas until until you know like last minute. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, even though I was accepted already, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> so I worked at Walmart mm -hmm. for as a as a truck unloader. Really? So okay. you you all you do is you put it you put a a cart a conveyor cart into the into the trailer, and then you just throw merchandise on, and then you pallet you pallet them pallet the merchandise department based on department mm -hmm. and that was very labor intensive I'm um, sure yeah and I mean I, I, I like I like I guess at the time I, I like being you know active and, mm -hmm. and, and labor intensive so I didn't mind it really and it made money so <clears throat> so it worked out and then um, I, I put in my two weeks because I decided I was going to North Texas mm -hmm. and then couldn't afford that for after the first semester mm -hmm. and so I went to community college and then started working at uh, Lowe's, mm -hmm. you know, the the hardware hardware store, as another truck unloader. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, same same uh, same ocean, different fish type mm -hmm. of thing, right? So yes. did the, did that for a little while, and then got and then I got transferred to the hardware department, and then transferred to the lumber department, and then um, I hated that. I hated being a lumber associate. Uh, not because I hated being not not because I hated lumber, but because I hated how it was being treated by, by yes. management and other yes. coworkers taking advantage of that kind of thing. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, I, to say the least, whatever whatever position I'm put into, I always work the hardest that I can, mm -hmm. labor labor or or mentally, um, labor or not. So that so they I think they realized they didn't take advantage of me and, and like left a lot yes. of work on my plate and I didn't really like that. The, this whole time I was is when I was attending. Uh, my community college and, mm -hmm. and getting through my music classes, and then finally I transferred to a different location and was a cashier there, and that was pretty. That that was pretty fun. Uh -huh. Really? Because, I mean, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like thinking, you know, unloading trucks, being a sales associate, and then cashier. Mm -hmm. I'm like, the one that I'm immediately like, that sounds like the worst is the cashier job. Well, I'll I'll <laughs> say that it could it could be, mm -hmm. yeah, just because yeah. the experience they have to deal with yes. in the in the customers. Yes. Um, yeah, the re retail is um, <coughs> retail is a challenge. Uh, everyone at some point yeah. should work retail. You'll, you'll never to... you'll never yell at someone for getting something wrong right. if you've done that job. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. I, mean, I don't think I would anyway. Just as like yeah. morally speaking, yes. like, that's just that's just kind of yeah. Not th cool. That's not my personality <laughs> either. You know, I'm just not that confrontational. Right. But yeah. Anyways, it's yeah. funny. I mean, we can talk about that for a long time. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So. But what what was scary about being a cashier was that because, like I said, I put in a lot of a lot of effort into it. I got I kept getting put into the customer service desk, mm -hmm. and then that's where I that's where yeah. you deal with most of the person most of the personalities yeah. for sure. Because <laughs> you tell them that you can't return an item that was bought five years ago, <laughs> and and they they tell you to look for the receipt, and I'm like I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. And the system only goes back like 90 days, <laughs> um, which is what the receipt says. And uh, anyway, lo lots of lots of fun experiences there. Uh, I'm sure you got a lot of stories. But like, it's much it's much much more chill than working working the sales or at least working lumber because mm -hmm. uh lumber was very in, very involved you have mm -hmm. to lift concrete you have to lift sheetrock you have to lift um plywood mm -hmm. he heavy sheets of plywood you have to lift um shingles roofing shingles mm -hmm. that, a, a lot of different things that's very um exhausting very exhausting yeah. and um 
as as a classical guitarist with nails, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it's dangerous. Like, I can't break these. <laughs> yeah. This is my job. <laughs> it's very funny because a lot of times where like I would catch my nail on on something that feels that feels or appears like it would have broken the nail, mm -hmm. it didn't break my nail, mm -hmm. and like they were pretty tough in in, in that respect. I have pretty thick nails, but a, a freaking plastic frisbee. Oh, seriously? It just hits my that's nail and it cracks. It? Yeah, that's oh, what does man. it. It's just, it's, it's really crazy to me. You must um, have been so mad. Yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of confusing because, like, I work such a such a rough job mm -hmm. and then I get my nails get broken with a plastic frisbee rather than the blocks of concrete. Blocks of concrete, cinder block, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, so when I was working those positions, I knew that the cashiers had it pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, but when I started working as a cashier, I didn't realize how good. <laughs> really? It's so it's so chill. <laughs> yeah, and because uh, they, I guess they when they when you start working there, they put you in the department that or the cash the cash register in the department that's the least active. Mm -hmm, so yeah. they put me in the lumber department, which I also happen to have some experience in. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> maybe two or three customers will come by in a six-hour shift. Oh wow! So yeah. You're just hanging out. Really, you're just hanging out, yeah, and just and just chilling there. Um, Not breaking your nails. <laughs> right, and the and the hardest work that you have to do is like clean the register, brush, uh, sweep the floor, take mm -hmm. out the trash. Like yeah. that's that's really not anything. Cushy. Yeah, cushy very, very cushy. Compared to all the heavy lifting. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so that was that was pretty cool, and yeah. and um, I I I enjoyed my time as a cashier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, some some cool people too. That's great. Um, that's but great. I still like res I still respected because I worked at Salesforce. I respected the people on the Salesforce. Cashiers have a tendency to not understand what's going on. Yes, so, um, having done both. Yeah, you know having done both. both. Yeah, like. exactly. Yes. Um, to <laughs> to to continue to continue my 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 story on on that. I think that's really the last time that mm -hmm. I that I had to do that that kind of job. Mm -hmm. um, I've also I've also worked as a volunteer at the. Texas Rangers ballpark. Oh, uh, that's Cooking fun. hot dogs and hamburgers. That's cool. But that was like when I was in high school and mm -hmm. we were like fundraising for the band. So I guess like that's the weirdest thing yeah. that I've done because we burned all those all those <laughs> hot dogs and hamburgers. I don't know how to cook. Uh, yeah. Um, as a 16 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like for, for, for money, then it would be, it would be those other jobs. Mm -hmm. And like after, after that, I, there was like cr around Christmas break where I wanted to go see my grandmother grandmother in Mexico. And so I, they, they had me scheduled and I said like, I gotta see her because I feel like she's gonna pass away pretty mm -hmm. soon. And I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, see you guys. <laughs> and then I, I kind of like uno unofficially quit <laughs> the mm -hmm. job too because I got offered uh, to teach at, at another teaching studio that I work at. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, that's a much, much more career driven yeah position. well then that's an actually a music job right and right music's what you want to do yeah so. and so that's that's kind of like to the extent of the things that i've yeah. worked in yeah. that were outside of, of outside of the music yeah. industry yeah. well that's cool i uh I, I, industry, yeah. I like hearing your insights on uh the different careers that to uh, lows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's that's a pretty that's a pretty odd one i'm thinking yeah but you know we i love asking this question because people's experiences are just like so all across mm -hmm. the board because you know life just takes us in so many different directions and we end up where we are by so many different paths mm -hmm. and it's really cool to hear everyone's different path so thanks for coming on today i'm going to close by asking you one more question okay. which is you play guitar you've played euphonium if you were going to have to learn one other instrument apart from the ones you already know which one would be the one you'd want to do 
That's a good question. It's because there's there's too many instruments to choose from. Right. Um, hmm. I, I would boil it down to probably three, mm-hmm. um, and two of which are kind of more out- outstanding. So the three that I'm that I'm thinking of is piano. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I, I've already I've already learned a little bit of just yeah. because it's kind of required for your music degree. Yeah. Um, so most people have dabbled. Yeah. In piano. And the reason why the reason why I say piano is because there's a lot of visual assistance mm-hmm. to 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 help you. So what it's kind of interesting when I teach my students um, guitar or at least theory in 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 respect to the guitar. The guitar is not very visually demonstrative as, as the piano would yes. be on, in music theory. You can see theory really easily yeah. on piano. And so, and so I told my students to think like a pianist mm-hmm. but play like a guitarist mm-hmm. type, type of thing. So I, I think piano would be one and then uh, harp. Mm-hmm. Harp is really I, cool. I love, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is that I already play the guitar which is a very harp-like instrument mm-hmm. so I think that could be cut out. It, it was the same the interchange for that, although it is much louder. <laughs> um, the guitar, the classical guitar, is very quiet, and the third instrument is a bassoon. Really? Yes. Bassoon is a cool instrument. Yeah. What makes you say bassoon? Uh, I just, I just always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, like, going, going through, going through high school and like, just like my music career, I always admire, admire the bassoon. For the instrument it is the sound it creates mm-hmm. and that type of thing it's super underrated yeah i think a lot of people if you were to ask them what does a bassoon sound like they wouldn't even be able to tell you right. they wouldn't even like think of it mm-hmm. but the bassoon is really beautiful i remember taking i took an orchestration class in college as one of my electives mm-hmm. and which was like teaching how to arrange for different instruments and like this is what their range is mm-hmm. and i remember being like man the bassoon is really the hero yeah. of the woodwind <laughs> section because sure. it has such a beautiful range across such a huge uh it has a beautiful tone across such a huge range yeah and it's really like a very expressive instrument and you can do a lot with it so yeah i'm that's that's a great choice maybe i'll maybe i'll pick that one too we'll (laughs) see (laughs) awesome well thanks for coming in today thank you i'm really appreciated hearing about your experiences yeah do you have any closing comments um Check us out at the Texas Guitar Society. Check, it, check out the Texas Guitar yeah, Society. Stay it's tuned a, for some free concerts, free virtual talks, a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of useful musician information on there. Mm-hmm. Um, this won't this probably won't be for this calendar year, but we're also talking to some guitar vendors, mm-hmm. and um, I have I have one in mind. Um, he's from Katy, Texas. Mm-hmm. He he goes to a lot of a lot of competitions and, and guitar events to to sell guitars, and and I talked to him, and he was saying, yeah, we could probably do a talk about. Um, what to look for in an instrument. Mm, like that the, sounds yeah. that sounds like a talk that a lot of our students would be interested in. Right. In terms so. of in terms of buying an instrument, mm-hmm. like you know, yes. what 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 check box what boxes would you check off mm-hmm. to, to buy that instrument? So what, what should you look for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well yeah, check out the Texas Guitar Society. If you'd like a lesson with Ivan, sign up on Robinsteel.com. He's a fantastic instructor. His students love him, we love him. And thanks for listening to our podcast today. We'll see you guys next week.